Welcome to Sunday Worship at St. Matthew's Baptist Church, led by our senior pastor of over 34 years, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Our worship service is made up of three facets, information, invocation, and inspiration. Information consists of pertinent topics that Pastor Gordon would like to share with you to engage and edify. Invocation consists of prayer and preparation for worship. Inspiration consists of our praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pastor's delivery of the word. All right, guys. So let's let's settle down some. We need you to sing this song with us. Listen up, listen up. God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born, and the vapor of your breath of planets warm. If the stars were made to worship, so light. 
you, Father, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for another day, Lord. Thank you for waking us up to see another day. And, Lord, please continue to watch over Pastor Gordon, Sister Gordon, and their family, Lord Jesus, during these times. Also watch over St. Matthew's Baptist Church, the congregation, Lord. And just continue to watch over us, Lord Jesus. Please watch over this nation, Lord. Please watch over this world. Whatever is going on in this world, please continue to be by our side and comfort us and guide us, Lord Jesus. With this virus that's going on, Lord Jesus, and this all the social unrest, Lord, just continue to comfort us. We know that you're there with us, Lord. We know you're there, but just continue to be there and help us and remind us that you're there, Lord. Thank you so much for everything. You've been so good, and you are always so good to us, Lord. just want to thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Here at St. Matthew's, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus, our Savior, died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you've done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. Hey, everyone. We'd love to invite you to our online service here at St. Matthew's Baptist Church under the direction of our senior pastor, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Here at St. Matthew's, pastor has been preaching the word of God, rightly dividing it with truth and transparency for over 33 years. We've seen thousands of lives transformed. Even though we're living through an unprecedented time and even though our church is closed due to the pandemic, we'd love for you to download our SMBC app through your Google Play Store or through the Apple App Store for real-time live updates. Additionally, we'd like for you to follow us on Instagram at SMBChurchNJ or on Facebook at St. Matthew's Baptist Church of Williamstown, New Jersey. In addition to that, we'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel at SMBCTV where you can learn about our online services, our Wednesday night core Bible studies, and even our Zoom schedules at this time. Finally, don't forget to remain faithful through your giving by tithing online through our church website or by using our SMBC app or by mailing in your tithes to our church address at P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. Have a blessed day. Good morning, St. Matthews. Do you know what November is? It's Pastor Gordon's pastoral anniversary, and this year we are celebrating 33 years of his dedication and devotion to Jesus Christ and our congregation. We want everyone to let this man of God feel our love and appreciation for him. So we're asking that you would send in your words of love and appreciation as well as your love gift, either via online or 
by mail. If you're gonna send it online, here's how. Go to www.stmatthewsbc.org forward slash giving. Click on pay now under events. If you're gonna give by mail, we ask that you send it to St. Matthew's Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. Please make sure that your check is made out to Pastor Gordon and that you place anniversary gifts in the memo section. Let's celebrate our pastor, a man after God's own heart. May God bless you.
Are you ready for the word? Glory, 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 glory to Jesus Christ. He is our Alpha and our Omega. He is our beginning. Hallelujah. And he's our ending. He started it and he's going to end it. We praise him. We exalt him. We magnify him. We glorify him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. We want to thank God for our praise team. Let's get the Lord a hand clap for our praise team. They are so great. Thank God for them and their willingness to give us that devotional singing. And we praise God for and We praise God for our Amen. A young member who prayed. We thank God for the prayers and for the advertisements. We are truly blessed by God. He woke us up early this morning and he started us on our way. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, which means put on Jesus Christ that you may be able to stand up against the wiles and strategies of the devil. And as we come this Lord's Day, this morning, we're asking you to vote, vote, vote. It's your civic duty, or else you're out of the will of God. Vote. Can I get a witness? And uh, uh, pray and vote. And then, uh, finally, we want to say to all of you, watch and pray. Uh, this is why pastor has not reopened the church. We are spiking, and they we have lost 220,000 people to death in this country, and someone has estimated by February to be up to 500,000. Get your flu shot. Obey the rules. Obey the rules. And uh, keep your mask on, wash your hands, stay your distance, stay home if necessary. Do what you have to do, but uh, listen to wisdom. Amen. And uh, so we thank the Lord, and we ask that you would continue, as we are closed, to support us by tithing online or sending in your envelopes to P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey, 08094. So we praise God again, from whom all blessings flow. And, and I, I'm, I must say that uh, uh, we, we have to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for our labor is not in vain, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. I want to shout out to our leaders. We had a great conference call with all of our leaders, our ministers, elders, deacons, and all the uh, many of our ministry heads, our congregational pastors, thank you so much for your prayers and for your participation in this ministry. Truly, Jesus loves you, and I do too. Thank you. We are so appreciative of your time, talents, and treasures. God is so good. This morning, we're in Romans chapter 12, and I want to dissect this scripture. I I oftentimes hear people teach from it, but they don't give us the full flavor. We we need the full flavor of what the Holy Spirit 
is saying through the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, that's important, brethren, he's talking to brothers and sisters in Christ, by the mercies of God, that you present your, your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove, test, what is the good and acceptable, listen to this, and perfect will of God. This morning our subject is begging to be blessed. Begging to be blessed. Now our church... Our church has, for 33 years, rightly divided this word. Our church, uh, amen, uh, is very instrumental for us to say what the Holy Spirit is saying through the uh, writer, and this writer is the Apostle Paul. This is one of the Pauline epistles, 13 of them. Paul was knocked down on Damascus Road, went into a city, Amen. And uh, went to a street called Street, blinded. And on that Damascus road, when he was knocked down, he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus. At noontime, Jesus was brighter than the sun. And he told Paul, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Amen. He had this encounter with Jesus. And you and I, need an encounter with Jesus. That, that is, child of God, that uh, believers in Jesus Christ are encouraged to go on to perfection in spite of, now let me, let me get practical with you because you know I try to be transparent, in spite of our wounds, and we are wounded, in spite of our weaknesses, and we are weak, Spike of our worries, and we do worry. In spite of our history and hurts, troubles and travails, we are told to mentally and emotionally and psychologically go on. Now let me stop. Because you have so many people that are saved in the church want to give you the impression that they are perfect. We're not perfect. We're imperfect people. We have an Adamic nature. We're weak, wounded. We worry. And uh, we're fractured. We fail. We fall. We falter. In spite of all of that, the Lord still loves us. Lord, have mercy. And God has not placed on you or on me the wherewithal to work out our lives. Thank God for that. Somebody said, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would we be? So God asks us to move on in Jesus Christ. Keep moving. Keep growing. Keep glowing. Keep going. Keep, keep, keep it moving. Anything that sits still becomes stale. Amen. Keep it moving. Paul's custom, as he 
amen, gave us the word of God through the Holy Spirit, Paul's custom was always, listen to pastor, was to put doctrine before duty. To put principle before practicality. To put God's wisdom before our works. And it's here in Romans chapter 12 that Paul is now giving us the beginning of duty, practicality, and works. We've heard the doctrine in the first 11 chapters. We've heard the principles of the first 11 chapters. We, uh, Lord have mercy, heard the wisdom of the first 11 chapters. Now Paul begins in the next four chapters this matter of duty. I love this about the Apostle Paul, very complex on one hand, but very simple on the other. And what what Paul begins to do is that the context of Romans, chapter 1, verse 17, is that only the righteousness of Jesus Christ can clear you. Not your righteousness, not the church's righteousness, only Jesus Christ. That when we believe that Jesus died for our sins and buried and rose again... Only Jesus Christ, letting him in, can clear us. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us. Only the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ can comfort us, commune with us, uh, create a continuance with us. Paul here, and I want to say this, that what we see in these first 11 chapters called the mercies of God was... God revealing us of what sin is, first three chapters, and ultimately for all, chapter three, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, not even you watching this morning, no, not one. So what Paul begins to do is deal with grace, the guidance, amen, the gift He deals with justification, amen, Uh, in chapter 4, Romans, that that we have been justified just as if we never sinned because of Jesus. He he deals with positional sanctification, chapters 5 and 6, that we were baptized with him, we died with him, we were buried with him, we rose with him through the operation of God, I'm already preaching, that you were already forgiven before you got saved. Because you were part of the elect. He elected you before the foundation world. And then he moves from positional sanctification to, amen, progressive sanctification down here on earth. Amen. And, and so Paul takes us through an outline of these mercies. And then he gets to chapter 8. The glory of God is, amen, Faith in the spirit, which frees us from the law of Moses, from the law of sin and death, from the law of the flesh, from the law of the mind, from the law of the will, from the law of the old nature. Only faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the faith of the spirit, frees us completely. But then he gets to chapters 9, 10, and 11, which deals with Israel, which is not parathetic. It's part of this text. The mercies is that he blinded national Israel to graft in the church. He took us out of another, he, he pulled us into another vine 
as branches because they were broken branches, national Israel, because of unbelief, he pulled us in and gave us an inheritance we didn't have. Oh, what the wisdom and the mercy and the goodness of God. And then Paul uses three prepositions. He says, God is so wise for of God origin, through God operation, to God outcome, that God has everything in his hands. You need not worry what's happening in this world today. God's got the last say so. Yeah, Satan might work it in. God's going to work it out. It's here that we, we begin based on the mercies that Paul is begging for these blessings. Now let me stop Paul's in part because I want to try to deal with the text as the text is. As I stop Paul's in part and go back to God's mercies. It was God's mercy to forgive me of all my mess. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. Lord, have mercy. Thank you for cleaning my slate. It was God's mercy to save my soul. It was God's mercy to make me whole. It was God's mercy to put me on the street call straight and give me a mind of Christ. I'm not perfect, still progressing, make mistakes, fail, falter, fatigue, <laughs> fractured, but God, who's rich in mercy, He's a merciful God. Mercy, hallelujah, is not giving me what I really deserve. He's a merciful God. Grace is not, amen, grace is giving, listen, grace is giving me what I don't deserve. And mercy is giving me what I don't, you know, what, what, what I do deserve. Not giving me what I do deserve. So between grace and mercy, I'm standing this morning. I'm not standing in my own strength and I'm standing in my own structure. I'm not standing in my own substance. I'm standing on Christ. And him crucified. And every facet of what God wants to do in our lives are met by conflict. Now, now, now I'm going to try to explain this the best way I can. But I want to exhaust this text. I beseech you, I'm begging you, brethren, by the mercies of God. First 11 chapters. Here it is. We, we first see the conflict of our presentation. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, what Paul does here is this is our dedication to God. Uh, uh, let, me, let me stop Paul's in part because we here at St. Matthew's, Theologically, we believe in progressive sanctification. You don't get saved and Jesus becomes Lord of everything. That's very, very uncommon and unusual. Typically, only Paul said, what do you want me to do, Lord? 
He was knocked down on the master's rules, but typically we grow in grace. There are stages to our dedication to Christ. And here it is saying that we ought to dedicate, Lord have mercy, uh, all of our flesh, our feelings, our fractures. And Paul uses uh, this, yeah, um, speech in which Paul uses what I call metaphorical language. He borrows this presentation, he borrows this concept, listen to pastor, from the Old Testament priests. We are believers priests. We are royal priesthood. Yeah, not not after Levi, according to Hebrews, but after Judah. We are royal priesthood. We are holy nation. We are peculiar people. And what the priest did, the priest first sanctified himself, and then he brought his offering in service to the Lord. What God is saying to New Testament believers under the dispensation of grace is this. Present yourselves a living sacrifice. Come to God, which is your reasonable worship, with your entire body, euphemism, your entire body, your mouth, your mind, your ministry, your money, your will, your sex, yeah, your aspirations, Present to God in service once and for all a presentation of everything constituted to you. You're bringing everything you have to God. Now, sometimes that takes years for people. You need to come to a point, if you want to be blessed, where you and I are coming to God without looking back. We're coming to God with a presentation, a sacrificial offering. Now listen, living, a living sacrifice. A sacrifice is dead. So we are alive to God every day, but dead to ourselves. You can't present yourself to God and self is still in control. You, you cannot, I'm preaching up in this place, present yourself to God and self is making all the decisions. You can't present yourself to God and you still living by your feelings and not by faith. Your schemes and not by the spirit. He says, amen, present your bodies, everything relative to my body. My motives, my mind, my money, my methodologies, my mess, everything. I need to bring everything and present it and live for Jesus and die to myself. An oxymoron. Very, very, very interesting. Present your bodies a living sacrifice which is wholly acceptable And is your reasonable worship. These priests would bring their offerings to the Lord. 
in Leviticus talks about five offerings. One was a burnt offering. They bring their offerings to a meal offering. Yeah. Uh, a peace offering. They, they would bring these offerings to the Lord and present them to God. And, 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 and if God was pleased, they were blessed. I, I, I want to stop Paul's and talk about this presentation. I have not in my entire saved life always permanently presented everything with my body to God. Tennessee was to take some things back. This is a once and for all determination. This is a dedication based on the mercies. See, God's argument is based on everything I've done for you. Based on everything I've done for your children, your marriage, your grandchildren, based, based on everything that I've done, waking you up in the morning, starting you on your way. Can I get a witness? Giving you peace when you were troubled, giving you amen provisions when you were broke. Everything I did, you need to present by dedication your body. Your body doesn't belong to you. Your body doesn't belong to the world. Your body belongs to Jesus. He's talking to brethren. Hmm. There is a conflict in this presentation. Let Let me be honest with you. We are tempted to go back. And anybody says they're not, they're lying. The old Adamic nature Amen. Which has lived in us since we've been born has a whole diet and agenda that's contrary to Jesus. We struggle. We fight between the natures. The old nature and the new nature. Yeah. And sometimes in our weakness we tend to mentally, emotionally, and psychologically go back. He he says... There's a conflict in your presentation, but make it. Be dedicated by the mercies of God. I'm, I'm, I'm living in overtime. I should have been dead. Several times I should have been dead. But God overruled my death. And, and if he overruled my death, it's because, and only because, he's got something for me to do. Do I have a witness he didn't leave. He didn't leave you down here just to live. He la- he left you down here, Amen, to be a witness. But but secondly, in this text, we see the conflict of pull out. Mm. Now 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 this the first D was dedication. This D is departure, and be not conformed. To this evil world system which is controlled by Satan. We got to be careful in our spiritual, mental, emotional diets. Too much TV can start to wane your commitment to Christ. Too much social media can start to interfere with your devotion to Christ. Amen. A need for acceptance can mess up, yeah, your promotion 
of Jesus Christ. Do not attach yourselves to this world system, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, John says, the pride of life. Don't, 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 don't let this world system, amen, uh, pattern you after its image. Do not conform, and this word conform technically means do not live after, hallelujah, the image and the place and the power of this world. Be a, don't be a conformer, be a transformer. Hmm. Are you a transformer this morning or are you a conformer? Listen to this. Are you a thermometer or a thermostat? A thermometer reflects the temperature of the room, but a thermostat adjusts the room temperature. Is the room making an impact on you, or are you making an impact on the room? Lord have mercy. And, 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 and be not, be not, be not, be not conformed to this world. We got to be careful because we can watch TV to the point where we're conformed to this world. We're looking for fulfillment in the wrong places. We're, we're looking for love, uh, so-called love. It ain't number lust. We're looking, hallelujah. Uh, we're looking in the wrong place for the wrong things. We're allowing the world system to control us. Hmm. I watch people, and, and, and I'm one of them, who may have a need for acceptance to wear a popular piece of clothing. You got a certain pair of sneakers on, they cost $150. People see them, they go, why? And that helps your acceptance. You need to have a certain product on with its name for people to accept you. Man, when I was growing up, we wore PF Flyers, $6 a pair. Your parents weren't worried about no image. They bought what they could afford. I, I didn't even have a pair of Chuck Taylors with the star on it. Lord, have mercy. P.F. and flyers. One pair of shoes when school would open up, one pair of sneakers, and if you wore your shoes out, you put cardboard in them. Today, you have people who are poor, don't have money buying $400 pair of sneakers because they want to be accepted by the system. We want the most expensive phone so we can be accepted by the system. I know I'm messing up now. How are you going to have a BMW, an iPhone, $400 pair of sneakers, a fur coat, and you living in the project? Now, somebody going to get mad this morning, but get mad. Ain't the first time I made people mad. You can't even pay your rent. You claim you don't have no food. But you have in your repertoire 
conformity to the world's system. My God. Now, and I'm guilty too because I ain't wearing no bobos. I, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. I struggle with that. I, you know, when I got a, I, I got sneakers and shoes in my closet. I ain't wearing no bobos. You know, bobos don't no brand things that ain't nobody never heard of before. And you know, uh, yeah, you know, I'm caught up in this thing too. Lord, have mercy. Don't be conformed to this world system. And, 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 and this whole thing on conformity goes deeper than you think. We, we even not only conform to a system, but we are apt to say what people say to say what people think, to worry about people's opinion. When you are focused on Jesus Christ, when you are living like a thermostat, not a thermometer, you don't care what people say. I am who I am by the grace of God. His mercies. I'm not proud of this and don't do it, but you know, in the, in, the, in, in the mid-60s, early 60s, when we were teenagers running around, man, we had hot stickers on cars. That car couldn't pass an inspection if you put a magic wand on it. Hot stickers, no license, definitely no insurance. Lord, have mercy. Car stopped, wouldn't start back up. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Mercies! That allowed me to leave a life of perversion, pornography. Lord, have mercy. To leave a life of mess, mercies. Some of you to leave a life of drugs, mercy. To leave a life of being messed up, abused, raped. Lord, have mercy. Going through hell, uh, mercies. I'm begging you by the mercies of God to present and then to pull out, to depart. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't have a need to do what everyone else is doing. Take a stand for Jesus. But there's conflict of rejection. There's conflict of people making fun of you. There's conflict of you thinking you don't meet up to people's parameters. Lord, have I, I don't follow. I don't follow people. Never did, even in the world. Somebody, you know, where you from, Philly? Oh, you hip. You want to you get into this? No, I don't want that. Come on, I don't want it. I don't let people influence me like that. I got a mind of my own. Now that I'm saved, that mind has tried quadruple <laughs> I follow Jesus I don't follow man I don't follow other churches I don't follow other pastors I, I, I don't follow your thought of righteousness I follow the word that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee I serve a loving God a forgiving God a giving God yeah um, third, we see a conflict. 
with God's powerful program. And be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the, by the renewing your mind. Transform, transformation. A transformer converts power. DC, AC, AC, DC. A transformed mind in the text is metamorphosis being changed from the inside out. I don't put on being changed. I am changed. Lord have mercy. I don't need to impress you. You're nobody. I need to impress God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Being being metamorphosized, being transformed, being transformed, being transformed like that ugly, crawling, hideous caterpillar who just destroys leaves into a beautiful butterfly. Now, let me stop Paul's apart. I've given this illustration before. That caterpillar is changed on the outside and is a butterfly and God's wisdom of design is to leave the butterfly in a cocoon and allow the butterfly to frantically flap his wings trying to break free. The cocoon won't let him break free. The design of the cocoon, listen to pastor, is to cause us to flap frantically for freedom, not letting us go. Now, 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 I can talk about this all day. There, there have been things, there have been sins in my life, there are things in my life I just couldn't give up right away. I couldn't get over. You ain't gonna hear this out of most church folk. Weaknesses I still had after being saved. Desires I still had after being saved. Mental, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. And the reason God let the butterfly stay in a cocooning process because the more frantically he flapped his wings, he was strengthening his wings to finally break away. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. God may allow you to stay put. God may allow you to be weak. God may allow you to struggle with sin in order for you to get sin sick. And when you get sin sick, you're going to get rid of sin. So you can break away in your freedom. Lord have mercy. And there may be something in your life this morning. Well, you are frantically flapping your wings and God is telling you to wait. There's a design for your waiting. Yeah, you get no amens on that. In the name of Jesus. That is, this transformation, we're being transformed to the image and person of Jesus Christ. My God. Hmm. And only you can really attest to how far you've come in Christ. Only you can be a witness to the power of God in your life. Hallelujah. 
But there's conflict with transformation. Because the transformed life is a life of change. And sometimes we don't feel changed. We feel shortchanged. God is changing you. It's ongoing. Transformation is a process. We grow in grace. Thank you, Jesus. Things I used to do, I don't do anymore. Places I used to go, I don't go anymore. But that didn't happen overnight. Progressive sanctification is as much true doctrine as eternal life. We go through these stages of growth. Peter said, the desire to see a seal of milk or the word that you may grow thereby. When you look at the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians was the most carnal church out. 16 chapters with 15 problems. And in the first chapter, Paul greets them for those of you that are perfectly sanctified in Jesus Christ in their position. They were believers, not in the progressions of their life. We got to grow. We got to grow up. We got to let go of things. We got to be the people of God that God called us to be. But finally, there's conflict with, uh uh-oh, a powerful renewal of the mind. And Paul Paul says, and I love this, we're in verse 2 now. Are you with me? He says, renewing of your mind. The renewing of the mind, the old nature didn't go anywhere. I know some churches don't preach this. Some denominations don't believe it. The old Adamic nature is in place till you die. It's called the flesh. The new nature is called the faith. Ah. And, and what happens as we grow and as our minds are renewed, the new nature renders the old nature inoperative. I'm shutting you down on this decision. That's a renewed mind. A renewed mind is made up. It is a predetermination. It it is a renewed mind. I'm going to hang in to my marriage. I'm going to hang in to my ministry. I'm going to hang in with a mind of Christ. I'm not going back. Hmm. That, That is the renewed mind thinks differently. Now, now, let me stop pausing because all this jargon in the press about evangelicals and Christians and all this, I, you, you know, it's, it's a joke. And you don't hear no preacher or prophet preaching out against it. Are you kidding me? Jesus said you ought to help and love the poor and resist the rich. Jesus talks about, through John, 1 John 3, the world will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. Not the hate, the love. Your ability to love people in all their mess is a Christ-centered ability. That, that is, child of God, the, the 
The renewed mind not only thinks differently, it acts differently, it functions differently. Uh, this renewed mind gives me God's perspective. I'm living by God's perspective. What did God say? What does the word say? What does truth say? Lord, have mercy. Not what the world is saying, not what the devil is saying, not what my fractures are saying, not what my feelings are saying. What is God saying? And because the word is not being taught nor preached, we have no idea what God is saying. Hmm. We're living in a vacuum without vision. Without a vision, the people perish. Lord, have mercy. He's not talking about what you dreamt about last night. He's not talking about eating a pork chop, sleeping on your back, having a nightmare. He's talking about the vision of the word. Do you really have a vision of God's word? That, that is, child of God, when we begin to look at this, and I'm going I'm, to I'm move on, he says that you may be able to prove, test, here it is, the perfect will of God. Do you know the perfect, once you get to the perfect will of God, here comes the blessings. But to get to the perfect will of God, you got to go through some pain. To get to the perfect will of God, you and I are going to make mistakes. To get to the perfect will of God, we're going to have to fight by faith. Now, now, now when you say the perfect, perfect will of God, well, for Abraham, the perfect will of God was getting to Canaan, the promised land. All you got to do is read from Genesis 12 to Genesis 22 or 24 about Abraham and you'll see. Oh, he, he made it to the promised land. Abraham had a lot of problems though. He went to Haran and delayed there 15 years out of the will of God. And God came through and allowed his father, Terah, to die and moved him on. He took his Nephew Lot with him, his wife, Sarah, and they went on and three things that in Genesis that indicated he was in fellowship with God. He pitched a tent, he built an altar, and he called upon the name of the Lord. But Abraham went down to Egypt when there was a famine. Instead of standing still and trusting God, he went down to Egypt and lied and said that Sarah was his wife. I mean, Sarah was his sister. And God troubled Pharaoh's dreams. You ain't praying with me. Chapter 16 of Genesis, he fell prey to Sarah's scheme to have a child. Go into my handmaid, my Egyptian handmaid, my 19-year-old handmaid, and have a child through her. That wasn't God's plan. He made, like us, a lot of mistakes. But he ended up in the perfect will of God. Perfect will of God was God woke him up early one morning and said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, yes, Lord. He said, now take your son, your only son, to the mountain of Mount Moriah, which is Calvary, and there offer him up as a burnt sacrifice. And Abraham did not delay. He got up early with resurrection faith. I don't know how God is going to do this. I don't know how God is going to pull it off. 
But I'm going to the summit of Mount Moriah. And there I will offer Isaac, my 33-year-old son, who can resist. Y'all didn't get that. Father, the wood is here, the fire is here, the knife is here, but where's the sacrifice? He said, the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. The perfect will of God was to follow God's instructions in Canaan and let God come up with a ram in the thicket. Uh, Do I have a witness? Thank you, Jesus. The perfect will of God for Moses was for Moses to be at Sinai, eh, to look into the fire that was burning, but the branches were not consumed. He needed to see the pre-incarnate Jesus. But look what it took to get him there. He murdered an Egyptian. He ran. He raised sheep on the backside of a desert. But he made it to the perfect will of God. Getting to the perfect will of God is painful. Getting to the perfect will of God eh, can present some problems. But I dare you to get there. And then Jesus, the perfect will of God was Calvary's cross. He came to die. He didn't come to live. He came to die. Can I get a witness? On the cross, he dismissed himself from himself. He said, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Ah, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know the seven last words of Christ. And he gave up the ghost. He was in God's perfect will. Placed in a barn tomb, but early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power. In his hands. Uh, The perfect will of God will be painful. The perfect will of God will cost you something. But Paul says, I'm begging for your blessings. Your presentation of dedication. Your pull out and departure from this world system. Mm, Lord have mercy. Your powerful change of your mind, transformation, and your determination, Lord have mercy, to test and prove the perfect will of God. I'm where God wants me to be this morning. I'm in the perfect will of God. So Paul begged for my blessings. And Paul begged for your blessings. But in order to get all of those blessings, you got to be dedicated. You got to depart. You got to, by design, have a powerful sense of change. And then you got to be determined determined to find out the perfect will of God. Begging for your blessings. 
If you're not saved, the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God and God the Son. He died for your sins, all your sins, past, present, and future. He was buried. He rose again with all power in his hands. He's the Son of God and God the Son. Ask him to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. Come into my life and save me. And he will save you. They that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to do that this morning. Write us, call us. But this morning, we're begging for your blessings. Listen to Pastor. Dedication, departure, dependence, determination. We love you. Have a great day. And vote. We love you. Now that we have finished our sermon on begging to be blessed, now you know what Paul is begging of you. Now you know what you need to do to be blessed by God. Now you need to enjoy your blessings based on your obedience to the word of God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God would have you to be obedient to his word, to his will, to his way, to his worship, and he will bless you and your family forevermore. God bless you. Have a great day. Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To give using this method, search for the SMBC app in your iOS or Google Play Store and download. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give through our website. Go to www.stmatthewsfbc.org, click Donation, and fill out the St. Matthews Secure Contribution and Payment Form. All right, guys. So let's, let's settle down some. We need you to sing this song with us. Listen up, listen up. Out of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born, and the vapor of your breath the planet warm. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see.